We have a prayer for a son for direction to be guided and protection over his life. We have prayer for restored health. Prayer for a daughter for reconciliation of the family. And we need a breakthrough in this situation. So we pray over this marriage in Jesus' name. We're praying for Alan Andrews today and Melvin Thomas, for Bob Cross and Steve Gilly, Mike Crocker, Bob Allen, Bronson, and Irene Short, Sheila Lane, Joel McCarthy, Lisa Hewitt, Mona Barnes, Lori Roberts, Timothy Rice, Dean Saunders, Phyllis Butt, Bernadette Elliott, Scott Osmond, Winston Andrews, Sister Olga Button's daughters today, Tiffany White, an urgent unspoken request, Brother Gilbert Clark is with us this morning. We thank God for what he's done in his life. We thank God for answered prayer. We're remembering the Canning family and Mabel Canning that passed away on Wednesday. We want to pray for Garfield and Una and uh, with the family throughout the week as our sister passed so peacefully into the presence of the Lord. She's a member of this church for many years, but is being laid to rest in Rodington, so we want to remember that family in prayer. We're remembering Jones, the family today, Paula. Today we'll need our prayers and Andrew to sustain them. The Compton family, we're remembering Brother Frank and Angel and their family today. And we'll know more on the funeral details this afternoon. But please support this family. We're going to stand as we pray. Pastor Jared is going to lead us to the Lord. Let's stand as he prays for these requests today. Let's stand this morning. Amen.
God bless you. Many of our women are away today. My wife is gone. I'll be glad when she gets back this afternoon. And uh, many of our women are away at the conference. We pray God's continued hand upon their lives. We're going to ask you to stand again as we turn to St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, reading at verse 25. St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. What will you eat or drink or about your body? What you will wear? Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Who of you by worry can add a single hour to his life? Why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. And if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O your little faith? So do not worry, saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need them, that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Take, therefore, no thought for tomorrow. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care or worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. And His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus Christ. title of the message this morning is, Don't worry, be happy. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Medical doctors estimate that more than 25% of their patients are what they refer to as the worried well. Doctors spend a great time examining people who are not sick. They are only worried. Worry has become a part of our diet. We are plagued with what if the problems what if my car is demolished? What if I get laid off from work? What if my house is burglarized? What if I get cancer? What if my marriage fails? What if I'm falsely accused? And we become a people that are consumed with worry, so much so that that consumes our thoughts and it consumes our lives. Many of us can identify with the little woman who went to the doctor and she had been on the internet. I don't know about social media, there's days I wish we never had it. But she was on social media to find out what she thought she had. So she went to the doctor. He was about to examine her. 
She said, Doctor, you don't have to examine me. I already know what I have. Oh, he said, yes, she said, I have been on the internet and I know what I have. And I'm very worried about it. He said, well, what are your symptoms? She tried to tell him. Well, he said, I want to assure you today that you don't have the disease that you found on the internet. Because if you did, you'd have a lot more pain than what you got. She said, Doctor, that's why I'm worried. I got the disease, but I got no pain. <laughs> you see, a lot of us are worrying over things that will never happen, will never transpire, and we are not trusting God for our daily substance and our daily needs. Worry is going to kill us if we are not careful with trusting to God that which is of importance in our lives. You see, worry does not take away today's trouble. It takes away today's peace. That's why Jesus, here in this portion of Scripture, wanted to let the disciples know, you must live in my peace, and worry will do nothing for you. Absolutely nothing. It is interesting how God speaks to where we live. Because in Matthew chapter 6, God discusses worry. The reason he does so is interesting. He was just told the people not to let money be their master. He says in verse 24, No man can serve two masters, for either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. But Jesus knew that the reason a lot of people let money be their master is that they are worried about tomorrow. Do you remember in the late 80s or early 90s, the popular song, Don't Worry, Be Happy? Come on up, Pentecostals, you heard it. It was written in September 1988. The man, Bobby McFerrin, wrote these words. Ain't got no place to lay your head. Somebody came and took your bed. Don't worry, be happy. The landlord says your rent is late. He may have to litigate. Don't worry, be happy. Ain't got no cash, ain't got no style, ain't got no girl to make you smile. Don't worry, be happy. Because when you worry, your face will frown, and that will bring everyone else down. So don't worry, be happy. We were getting ready to graduate Bible school. So Dr. Gary Milley, our professor, knew we were all worried about our placements. And he said this, don't worry, be happy. Never got a church, never got a call. I got your diploma hanging on the wall. Don't worry, be happy. <laughs> I have been in the pastoral ministry for 26 years. And I can say the amount of people that I have seen that have worry control their life is staggering. People that have allowed worry to control their whole being, so much so they are not the people God intended them to be. There comes a point in our lives where we trust in God. Number one, I want to say this morning that worry is irrational. Verse 26 says, For if our Lord cares for the birds... Will he not care for us? Since we are more valuable than birds. You see, anxiety or worry, we worry about finances, it may rise us to covet and be greedy. If we worry about our relationships, it may make us be indifferent and uncaring about other people. If anxiety about how someone 
one will respond to us. We may cover the truth and we may lie. So anxiety is not only irrational, we can see in this scripture that it can also lead us down a sinful path that we ought not to go. It has no ration to it whatsoever. It is irrational. And we need to get control of it. Because if God cares for the birds, He's going to care for me. Have you ever wondered why a bird decides to go south in the winter? Have you ever wondered why God provides the right amount of berries for that bird? Have you ever wondered how they can survive in our climate? How do we know? Because Jesus said, my father cares for the birds. And if he cares for the birds, he's going to care for you. This morning, if you're here and you're overcome with the cares of life, I want to speak into your life. If God cares for the birds, he cares for you this morning with an everlasting care. You can be confident of that. Don't worry. We sift and get the birds. See them? They're asking what to, what's wrong with him. Look at the birds. God cares for them. Worry is irrational. What is the root of anxiety or worry? And how can it be severed? To answer this question, we go to our text in Matthew chapter 6. Four times in this text, Jesus says we should not be anxious. Or the Greek word really means to worry. We should not be anxious or worry. Verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Verse 27, and which of you being anxious can add one cupid to the span of his life? Verse 31, therefore do not be anxious. Verse 34, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow. Jesus is sending a strong message. If you're worried and anxious and anxiety fills your heart, you are not going to succeed to be the believer God wants you to believe in this morning. God has great potential for our lives. This verse is explicit. Jesus leaves nothing unoverturned. Here he says, O men of little faith, you must believe, for I clothe the lilies of the field. Therefore, I'm going to clothe you. Why are we worried today? Psalms chapter 56 and 3, David ran from his father-in-law. He ran from his son. He hid in the cave of Adullam. Shevi threw rocks across at him. And if there was anybody who could have lived a life filled with anxiety, it would have been this individual named David. But listen to what he writes. He says, when I am afraid, I will put my trust in thee. Notice it does not say I never struggle with fear. Fear strikes and battles begin. So the Bible does not assume that the true believer will never have anxieties. Instead, the Bible tells us how to fight when they strike us. For example, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Cast all your care on Him, for He cares for you. It does not say you will never feel any anxiety, but it says when worry and fear and anxiety comes upon our lives, we cast it to one who is the burden bearer, the one who sustains us. And therefore, when we cast it at His feet, we can live victorious lives through Jesus Christ our Lord. Your heavenly Father knows everything. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of His righteousness. Don't have 
anxieties that are unnecessary, for they are irrational. They will solve nothing in your life. You can go home this afternoon and you can worry about things that may happen and may not happen, but they are irrational and will not benefit your life in any way. Trust in Jesus this morning. You see, worry is fear's extravagance. It extracts interest on trouble before it comes due. It constantly drains the energy God gives us to face daily problems and to fulfill our responsibility. Therefore, it is a sinful waste. Can I say it again? To worry and have anxieties in our life is a sinful waste and it is fear extravagant. We need to get hold of it today. A woman who had lived long enough to have learned the importance about this truth. She said, I've had a lot of trouble. Most of which never ever happened. Can you attest to that this morning? Secondly, I want to say that worry is ineffective. Not only is it irrational today, worry is ineffective. How do you know that, Pastor? Jesus said it. Jesus said, how many of you, by worry, will add something to your life? There is not one of us here this morning that by worry will add something to our lives. Matter of fact, I want to say this. You let worry take over your life. You let anxiety take over your life. You allow the problems of life to be greater than God. And you will become a depressed individual. Here we see who of you by worry can add a single hour to his life. Worry, one preacher said, is faith in the negative. Can I say it again? Worry is faith in the negative. Trust in the unpleasant, the disaster, in the defeat, and worry will come like a dense fog over your life that will bring you down to destruction and defeat. While looking and researching, medical doctors estimate that more than 25% of people that occupy hospital beds today should not be there, but they have worried themselves to sickness. I'm not a medical doctor. I'm just repeating what has been said. It is ineffective in every way possible. Corrie Ten Boom, who you know was taken by the Nazis and put in a concentration camp. If there was anybody who could have lived with anguish and anxiety, it is this woman during the Nazi regime during the Second World War. But writing about her experiences in the Second World War, she says, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Isn't that powerful? Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. The Bible says just one day at a time. Then tomorrow you will conquer worry the same way you conquered it today. But as verse 34 says, sufficient for the day is as its own trouble. The word worry comes from the Anglo-Saxon word meaning to strangle or to choke. Worry will strangle your relationships. Worry will even strangle your relationship with God. That's why we have got to get to a place where we've got to let Matthew's gospel get a hold of our hearts. Lord, we're not going to be anxious for tomorrow. We're not going to worry about what we eat or what we wear. If you took care of the 
Some of you are here today. And you are weighed down with the anxieties of life. You are worried about tomorrow. You're worried about your marriage. You're worried about your children. You're worried about your health. You're worried about your finances. Hear me this morning. It is ineffective to worry. It is about time we took out the Holy Spirit again. And we stood on the Word of God. The Bible says that the promises of God are what? They are yes and amen. And what God has promised, God is able to perform. And therefore, we place our future, our lives, our faith and everything in the hands of one who understands every detail about our lives. Worrying chokes the joy out of life. You meet somebody filled with anxiety, they've lost their joy. But the joy of the Lord is what? Say it with me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I refuse to allow an individual. I refuse to allow religiosity. I refuse to allow the enemy to bring worry into my life and to bring me down to destruction. But I want to live in the joy of the Lord. I want to live in the strength of the Lord. And therefore today, worry is ineffective. But I've got faith in a living living God building up this morning. You see, worry is excessive concern over the affairs of life. The key, obviously, is the word excessive. Worry happens when you are so concerned about the problems of life that you can't think of anything else. The enemy wants to occupy your mind. But we need the renewing of our minds by the power of the Holy Spirit. And if your mind becomes filled with excessive worry about what is happening or what may never happen, you will find yourself in a situation that that consumes your whole being. I saw a quote on the internet the other day and it said there are 7 billion people in the world and you're letting one person ruin your name. There are 7 billion people in the world. Now as a pastor, some of you were pastors or are pastors, you can have 300 here this morning that's with you and get five that don't like you and all you see is five. I know where you are. So some of you today are allowing one person, one action, one job, one worry to control your life. Don't do it. Jesus is greater than your anxieties. He's greater than your circumstance. And he's telling his disciples, leave it with me. I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to take care of the situation. That's where real faith comes in. You see, it is the all-consuming feeling of uncertainty and fear. And it is sin. Worry is a sin for two reasons. Number one, because it displaces God in your life. When you commit the sin of worry, you are living as though God does not exist. And you are living as though you are alone and can solve your own problems. Secondly, because it distracts you from the things that really matter in life. As long as you are worried, you can't do anything else. And you are strangled by worry. Therefore, we have to get control of it in our lives today. One person said, worry is like a rocking chair. Gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. That's the fact. Listen, I believe I'm speaking to people this morning. I believe some of you didn't have a good night's rest last night. I believe this. If I've never believed anything, I believe there are people in this service that didn't have a good night's rest last night because you are consumed with anxieties. 
You go to sleep and you worry about those anxieties. You wake up in the morning and that's the first thing before you. Hear me today. It is ineffective. It will not help you. You've got to get to a place where you hear the words of Jesus. Cast all your care on the Lord because He cares for you. There is a substance. There is a man named Jesus who will take you above your anxieties and your worry and give you peace. Amen. Isn't the peace of God wonderful? Peace I live with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives and give I unto you. Worry is ineffective. What does worry do? Well, worry exhibits a lack of trust in God. If you one minute you pray, and the next minute you say, Oh, my love, thank you. Not in Maryland, but I had I prayed for them. God will meet their need. And I felt like I had pressed through. You know what prayer is like sometimes. And I felt we were getting somewhere. I had worked hard to get through to where they needed to be. And when I finished praying, oh, because I'm going to live like this and die like this. You see what we do? Worry is saying, God, you can't solve my marriage issues. Lord, you can't heal my body. You can't save my unsafe family. You can't provide employment for me. Guess what? I'm not going to have anxiety today over that because my God has promised if the lilies are cared for, if the birds are fed, who are you today in the sight of God? You are greater than the birds of the field where you have been created. In the image of God, you are children of the Most High God. Just imagine today, my Father is rich in houses and lands. When we started teaching our boys the concept of tithing and that 10 cents of every dollar belonged to God, we taught them to them when their grandmother gave them $10, a dollar went to the church. One boy had no problem with it. He understood. He was at seven or eight years of age, no problem. After all God has done for me, the least I can do is give a loony from my $10. The other fellow wasn't too sure. He said, what have I got to give that to God for? You said last Sunday, God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. <laughs> there comes a point where we trust God. I have anxieties just like you. If you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I'm living by faith. I never have a problem. Well, good for you. There's only one person I see from Genesis to Revelation that didn't end up in jail, didn't get beat, didn't get stripes, didn't have to pray to Almighty God. His, his name is Jesus. There's only one perfect one. Everybody else, from our patriarchs right down to the Apostle John of the Isle of Patmos. But do you know what made a difference in the Apostle Paul's life? He said, I've learned to be content in what state I'm in. I've learned to trust God. I've learned to leave it in the hands of a loving God who knows from the beginning. So the minute you begin to worry, you're not trusting God. We need to trust God and leave it in His hands. Secondly, worry affects our relationships. You see, when we're stressing over stuff that may or may not happen, we are not being the people God wants us to be. It will affect our ministry. It will affect our marriages. It will affect our families. Now, I've proven as a father that if I show my boys that I'm upset or worried, do you know what happens? They get worried. I've watched it since they were small. But I may have a little bit of anxiety. But if I can rise above it, my boys will follow me. I've proven as a pastor over these 26 years. If I can show my congregation, I'm not perfect, but I'm trusting in God. 
I watch many in the congregation say I'm following today as our pastor is leaving because he knows what it is to trust in God. We have a responsibility, every one of us, to trust in God so that our relationships might have the greatest benefit they can ever have. You see, worry damages our health. A lot of people have high blood pressure, low blood pressure. A lot of us are having all kinds of anxiety. It's not related to health issues. It's related to excessive worry. We're not sleeping properly. We're not eating properly. Why? Because we're worried from the moment we rise to the moment we close our eyes. We can't pray. We can't trust God. And it's affecting our health. Here today, listen to me. Trust it to God. And God will sustain those who turn to Him. It is a fact of the matter. Ineffective. The worry chart. I found this. 40% of all things we worry about never happen. 30% have already happened and we can't do anything about it. 12% needless worries about health. 10% miscellaneous issues. 8 real worries and half we can do little about it. The other, the other half we can. Just imagine. Ineffective. I don't get sick all that often, but scattered time I get the flu. Anyone ever get flu? But my wife says I get the man sickness. We haven't any of your husbands like that. Anyway, we were pastoring in Berkshire at the time, but I got the flu, which I shouldn't say, but I don't get it very often, but I got the flu. Of course, my wife gets the flu, and she can take the world out. I got the flu, and oh, I was 18. So I came home from work, and I said, honey, I'm so sick. All right, she said, you know, put your pajamas on now, and we'll put them on the bed. I'll get you something, and I'll give you some pills, and I'll get you something to eat. God bless her little heart, and she came. You know, dark room, got me something to drink, gave me a pill. So a little while later, I woke up again, was still bad. I said to her, I said, well, I'm still sick. She said, okay, I'll bring you another pill. <laughs> so she brought me another one. Two or three times during the evening, she kept bringing me in pills, and I kept popping them. She said, you're going to feel better when all this is eating. Wednesday evening, her breast, she come in, she said, how are you feeling? I said, some glad you gave me all them pills. She said, my son, you've been eating evidence all them. But our boys were small, you remember? Them little containers and the little tiny hip-hop evidence. Anyway, she put one in my head, I put it in my mouth, lower it down, find our back. I wasn't really sick, was I? Worry is like rain for something you don't want. 
But I'm not praying for something I don't want. I'm trusting in God. Pastor, it's easy for you this morning. I may not know all your problems and you may not know all mine. But there comes a point in all of our lives where we have got to stand on the word of God. We have got to believe what the word says. If Jesus said it, so be it. It is done and we claim it today to the righteousness of God. Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, Jesus' alternative for worry, instead of worrying about food and water and clothes and the like, we are passionately to seek God's kingdom and His righteousness. If we seek God and His righteousness, there is not a new theme that Jesus introduces to us here. This is the theme through it all, the sermon. To care for God's business is to be assured that God will care for your personal business. So Jesus offers an alternative to a plan of being. Trust in the Lord. Worry is inferior when the presence and the power and the peace of God steps into your life. You can live above your problems. First, it means to desire that one's own life is to be placed under Christ's rule. I desire that my whole life, every department of my life, be placed under His care, under His direction, and under His plan. Second, it means an overwhelming desire to see God's people enter God's kingdom so that they too might experience a life-giving kingdom. Can I, I'm soon going to close, because I know some of you are watching your watches, so I'm going to be rather big. Learn to trust in the providence of God. Let me ask you this question. If we're going to walk the streets of Deer Lake, filled with anxiety, filled with worry, can't smile, got no joy, can't get through the day, got no hope for tomorrow, do you think they're going to want Jesus? Some of them are going to say, I don't know your Jesus, but I'm happier than you are. Like the poor woman, maybe I told you this story before, she was a good Pentecostal woman. She was leaving church one night and Two robbers were out on the parking lot and they grabbed their purse. They took one look at her and threw the purse back at her and said, My dear, you look like you've been robbed already. <laughs> Listen, the joy of the Lord makes a difference. And I want to walk to this community and let them know that Pastor Jeffrey White has issues. There have been problems in my life. But hear me now and hear me good. And in the midst of despair and despondency and discouragement, I have been able to cast everything at the feet of one who created the universe, who breathed into the nostrils of man and gave him life. And I am who I am today because Jesus has promised he will take care of me. He will take care of me. In conclusion, the musicians can return. Jesus here is looking at those that are following him. He knew they were filled with anxiety. He knew they were filled with worry. So he teaches them the importance of trusting in God. Not allowing worry to become part of their lives. Because after all, worry is irrational. After all, worry is ineffective. And after all, worry is inferior to the power and presence of God. Jesus said, don't be anxious. Don't worry. But pastor, I may lose my job. God knows that, and God will sustain you. But pastor, I don't know about my children. Listen, the Bible told you to lay your children in his, his keeping, and he has them. Don't you worry today. There have been times in my life 
when yes, worries come in. And I've had to realize, oh God, help me rise above this today, lest it consume my mind. As a young pastor, I sat in an office one day, and soon we were in. Was I going to pay my student loans off? Were we ever going to get ahead financially, both of us coming out of Bible school? How are we ever going to do it? Were people ever going to accept me as a pastor? Were we going to succeed? Where are we going to have a family? I sat in my office, overrun with worry. The telephone rang. Lady is her name, Mrs. Gowdy and Alma Gowdy. She said, Pastor, I just want you to know I've been in prayer this morning. And I want you to know that God knows where you are. Don't you worry one bit. He's got everything in control. That moment some 25 years ago, God changed my perspective. And now I realize if God cares for the little birds and the lilies of the field, He's going to take care of me. And when I go through anxiety, sickness, struggles, whatever may come in my life, I cast it at the feet of Jesus. Because his mercies are new every morning. He is everything that he said he would be. Therefore, I refuse to allow the enemy to fill my mind and my life with so much worry that it affects my marriage, my family, my ministry, my life. I will not do it. God is my sustainer. God is my strength. God is my healer. God is my savior. God is my baptizer. He is my all in all. He's the El Shaddai, the God of all plenty. He's the Rose of Sharon. He's the Lily of the Valley. He's the Bright of the Morning Star. Therefore, I will not fear, though the earth be removed. Today, my trust is in God, and I trust it to Him today. Praise God. We begin to sing, I'm free from the fear tomorrow. Let's sing it together. I am free from the fear. 